For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure at it by your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 5.14, Big Bad Wolves. My name is Tanzan, and I am joined by Jess. Hi. Maggie is still away. We do have a remote guest. Welcome back to the pubcast, Matt. Hey, guys. It's so wonderful to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't sure I could make it the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Got full moon chafe? Need something to ease that itch you can't scratch? Want to slow down the transformation? Try Full Moon Shampoo with Colloidal Silver, a cool tingling experience that will take the edge off. Not available in Eastern Europe. Individual results may vary. Chapter 29. Dresden discovers that the Offlas have all been caught and tranquilized. He is surprised to learn that Marcone and the FBI agents are working together at the time. Is that really surprising, though, Harry? Is it? Is it? He doesn't know what his luck is like yet. (laughs) He needs to go to the casino more often and figure it out. (laughs) Right. Double ones, no matter what. I wonder if he just has a... He could go get Bob to do a spell to help him with gambling luck. Bob would use it to get his, like, lucky with the woman. Most of the machines are electronic anyway, so he just walk in there and hex everything. Oh, that's true. True, true. Well, I don't you know how the blackjack table. Yeah, I don't know how it is in America, but in um, Alberta, at least here, you can only have two kinds of gambling at any casino. So, uh, you know, you can only have horse races and tables, or you can only have tables mm. and machines. Or you can only have machines and horse races, or whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's actually illegal for them to sell lottery tickets at the same time if they've got two of the other ones going on. But selling lottery is such a wide thing that it's kind of like. People just let casinos get away with it anyways, because it's like, technically it's a third form of gambling, so they're not allowed to do it, but it's such a, like, every gas station in the world sells it, so the government is just like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever, you can also sell lottery tickets, like, this is a common place for people to buy them, and it gives us money. Yep. But on a technical sense, they're not supposed to, so I don't know how it is in America, but if you went we to We don't a have those racing, kinds of restrictions. Okay. I was going to say, if I he was here own- in Canada, yeah. he could only do horse racing at a table, then he wouldn't have to worry about as many machines. There's still obviously machines around, but there wouldn't be as many. <laughs> here in California, gambling is illegal, except on Indian reservations. You can have the casinos there. And oh. I visited my uncle in Nevada one time when um, gambling, where gambling is legal in Nevada, and there are just slot machines in the grocery store. <laughs> there are. I remember visiting Vegas, and you'd, like, go to the liquor store, and, mm-hmm. like, boom, there's a slots there. Ooh, and, damn. And 7-Eleven kind of thing. And yeah, this damn. is Safeway. I was going to say, like, here, like, yeah. you can, like, smoke on the casinos in mm-hmm. reservations. <laughs> like, right. that's the only thing that people go to ours and are like, ooh, <laughs> I can smoke inside still. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't visited the so, casino anyways. often, so I'm not the expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and clearly neither is Harry due to his horrible, horrible <laughs> right. luck. What he does have, though, is lots and lots of uh, loneliness, fear, <laughs> right. terror. And bruises. And bruises, yes. Well, speaking of fear, that's how this uh, this chapter starts out, is once he figures out that he's alone, the fear does set in. And he's like, oh, shit. 
Yeah. And like, again, middle of the night, all alone, it's dark. Everyone gets that way when you're like all alone in the middle yep. of the night and you're like, oh shit, like it is quiet. And you have no quiet. idea where you are. <laughs> right. And he knows for a fact that he's on enemy territory yep. right now, like as much as he possibly can be. He's, he's Oro time. Just pissed off Marcone. And possibly facing wolves who we've already been told are expert night hunters. Right. Good mm-hmm. point. And the loop guru has probably made his change at this point and is on the way. So yeah, it's a scary time. And again, like everyone knows that this is where the battle's gonna happen too. Like it's no like question of right. where the fight's gonna be. It's not like maybe if he gets there in time, it's already not, it's already moonrise. Right? And unfortunately, like, nobody sent out invitations, like, at 12 p.m. or 12 midnight, right. you know? Like, so you've got no idea when this is going to kick off either, right? So, yep. yeah, scary. Yeah, it's really just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I did find an interesting uh, choice of words here. He said he was facing a hat full of foes. Like, that's an interesting choice of measurement for somebody who doesn't wear hats. <laughs> Except on covers. Right. <laughs> this is where he got his inspiration from. <laughs> Clearly. A hat full of foes. I think that could be a nice nod to like his dad, though, like pulling the hair out of the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. It's a vampire. It's a fairy. It's a gangster. Now fight them all. Yep. It's, it's a werewolf and a different kind of werewolf and a different kind of werewolf. <laughs> yeah. How many werewolves can we pull out of this hat? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so many. It's a this big bad hat. boy can fit so many werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a nice little like in-home magazine picturesque description of the Marcona State. <laughs> Interior designer Harry, outerior designer. Exterior would be the word. Ex- there we there we go. Uh, that's why you're the teacher. <laughs> I don't teach English, but I know that one. Ah. <laughs> so it is, you know. A beautiful, beautiful house, which it should be if you're that rich. It doesn't matter if you are a gangster or not, if you've got that much money. Right. It should be, like, so artistic and beautiful and verandas and patios and gardens and ponds and swimming pools. And he's got, like, a million different things going on in this backyard. Like, it kind of makes me think of when you're playing, um... It's like the fighting game where you can be, like, Zelda or you can be Pikachu or you can be... Oh, Smash Brothers. Smash Bros. Mm. It's like Smash Bros. When you've got, like, you're jumping through level, through level, through level. Like, Marcone has it all. Yeah. His backyard <laughs> has everything. This bar- this backyard is the entire Smash Brothers game, complete with the knockdown dragout fight. Exactly. Every exactly. single level. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a ref- reflection on Gentleman Johnny Marcone and, and how, he, how successful he is at his job. Mm-hmm. Or his sort of his his business. Mm-hmm. He's basically Wolverine. He's the best there is at what he does, and what he does isn't very nice. Right. right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so there is uh, literally like again, I'm on an ebook, so for me, there's you know more pages than what the textbook would have. Right. But for me, I'm like scrolling for like three or four pages as he like goes through like. The beautiful like scenery in Marcone's place. I'm like, it was damn, dude. The, the description. He yeah, describes it goes on for a while there. A sort of careless perfection that only an army of expensive gardeners could have maintained. You know, these <laughs> super expensive gardeners that don't notice a hole in the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's another thing too. Like, there's a certain point when like 
I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, everyone... I mean, we saw the contract already that Mark Cohen shared. Like, you're signing, like, a million NDAs and stuff like that, and only the best of the best. And when you come onto Mark Cohen's property, he's going to pay you really well. A, because you're good at your job, but B, to shut the hell up, right? You want this paycheck to keep coming through, you don't rat me out, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like... <laughs> How many of these gardeners are a little bit just like, la 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 la, I plant the flower, I don't ask questions, goodbye. Yep. And how many of them are just like, I know exactly who you are, please don't kill my family. Like, yeah. <laughs> Probably not many of them speak yeah. English, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's the kind of contract Dark you only dog. take if it pays a lot of money. <laughs> true, true, true. Under the table. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, super duper Marcone style to just... <laughs> what's um we meet them later on like they just won't have tongues <laughs> like <laughs> right yeah that's not Marcone. that's the other gangster i know but still helps out still helps the people from squealing <laughs> yeah spooky Marcone. yeah because the real Marcone is just your average typical joe right john put him <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right podcast over good night everybody <laughs> <laughs> made my pun time to retire so, once he's done looking at this gorgeous property, which honestly I probably would too, maybe not in a life or life or death. He situation. was casing the place for possible but. threats. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's also looking for the alphas, so right, and they find him, kind of. At least well, one of them do. Billy, what he thought think is, is Billy, and right <laughs> before he tries to catch his attention, Billy is shot with the tranquilizer gun. Love Boom. it. Oh. And, like, I see all the time, like, you just, like, that comical moment when the little red light appears on the person's forehead, and they're like, what? What's wrong? And everyone's just staring at them, and they're like, what? And then they die. Yeah. It's totally that moment just now with Billy. It's like, hey, hair. <laughs> it's another one of those moments where you can tell that these, that these guys are very, very new at this. Like, in later books, they do not make those kinds of mistakes. They're always hiding in the shadows, and they appear when it benefits them. Right. The, the werewolves, that is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They become ninjas, wolf ninjas. Mm-hmm. They do, and yeah, as we said before, like they totally get, mm, they get better in their power. They can go back and forth between the shift a little bit more, mm-hmm. and they know how to use it to their advantage when yeah. they are shifted. And learn a couple new tricks, and yeah, yeah. But for right now, they're only a few weeks, months into this. Yeah, they don't know. They're still babies. Little babies. Yeah. Yeah. Denton makes his appearance and is now described as full predator, losing his inhibitions post the full moon garage blood bath. Which was only hours earlier. Yeah. Just enough to make him just lose mm-hmm. whatever Man humanity. Man is angry. Uh, yep. Man is a predator. And they count. They say that's six. Yeah. Which is good, because we know that there's ten. Is there? I believe there is. Like I wasn't sure. Here. I was like, huh. he describes five uh, alphas getting out of the van. There's only six wolves here. Oh, so only six with Tara. Yeah, the other four are off doing Never whatever. Never mind then. So he does. Maybe the th- other ten was just. I did like the descriptions of the wolves. Is like this one's the auburn hair. This one's the mousy red, ha- uh, mousy brown hair. I'm like, oh, that's Marcy. That's Kirby. That's Andy. Yeah. Right. That's my bad though. I just checked and yeah, it was ten ears pricked up towards me. So that would only oh, be five okay. wolves. <laughs> I know how to do math. Divide by two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's Never your first mind. math so, yeah, lesson. That's... <laughs> no, wait, no. Turn off the phone. I don't want math on this podcast anymore. <laughs> hang up, wow. hang up, hang up. You can't escape it. The math follows you. It's literally my name. 
Oh no. I am Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. I thought it was just Matt. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at your, your squirming. <laughs> I said no numbers. Well, that's okay. So By yes, the time so you get all. into the good math, they take the numbers out. <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> we were just talking about it. This is going to be a bit of a side thing, but this one guy wanted to prove that you can have mm, untrue math sentences, right? Because he was okay. like, and everyone's like, well, everything can be proven through math. And this guy was like, well, I'm going to say that math isn't always right. So then he wrote like this whole like conversation of like untrue sentences. And then he translated all the sentences into math. So then when the math was written out, technically it was an untrue statement. And it ruined the scientific world. And they were all mad at him because it meant that there was actual possibilities for their math that scientists figured out and the science that they figured out to technically be untrue. So if you're able to write math that's untrue, then... Wow. Technically, like, your experimental results could be untrue, and there's no way to know. And now a bunch of scientists are always, like, arguing about whether or not his math counts as math or not. And everyone's like, yes, it counts. And other people are like, no, it doesn't. It was an English sentence that he turned into math and then turned back into, you know. I'd like to see this. That interesting, sounds interesting. But the point is, yeah. It was like a TED Talk animated video or something that okay. doesn't like them. Look it up. <laughs> I'll find it. Untrue math. <laughs> okay, so the point is, is that they've got all the werewolves in Terra. So no alphas, no Terra. Ben really wants to take them out right then and there. She is just pushing for that. But Denton won't let them. It seems that he has a plan. Which is when Harry notices all these dead lumps around scattered yeah. along this beautiful yeah. yard that he missed before. I just thought it was a dent. <laughs> Oops. It's just a little bit of shadowing. But this is my point of why I think that it was a trap. Because they got them all so soon. And right. they're tranquilizing them all, which is a lot quieter than a gun. Mm-hmm. So it helps to not, you know, alert one werewolf to the other werewolf's fall, right? Yeah, although so. a tranquilizer, that's got to be CO2 powered, I would imagine. There's still a little bit of a smack there, which a wolf could pick up. Right. Mm, I wonder if that s- says to something of the alpha's skills at this point. or Right. Like, one of those. you get Terra first. That's the strategy yeah. there. You get Terra first and the mm-hmm. rest are like, oh, what was that noise? Let's go fl- Let's go investigate. <laughs> right. Let's go down to the basement. and then um it's like pointed out that mcfinn still isn't here yet which you think that they would know since they've got access to the cameras and the grounds and all this other information so now we know that we've got no mcfinn no alphas and no werewolves like or no terra so dresden is like super alone there is no one against the fbi or against the uh, marcone here it's just harry yep well and he thinks he's got a chance uh, Dresden thinks he has a chance against uh, Denton and the others and starts to consider shooting them just right then and there just like no I'm just gonna pop him he's got a gun yeah. on him and then so do they is surprised <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but is surprised when they call when Denton calls over Marcone and Hendrix so Marcone this guy who we've only seen in suits thus far walks out in this flannel shirt jeans hunting vest i like i want to see that in like a trailer so bad <laughs> like just as thematically who is this guy yeah like it's like i've got a cl- cl- a themed closet for every situation like he totally does Ooh, today we're hunting werewolves <laughs> let me get my be hunting rifle quiet. like we're hunting werewolves <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's just fun for the whole family. 
like I would never in a million years think that Marcone even owned a flannel, at least not for the last like twenty years that he's been involved in a gang. Like <laughs> when he was like a new time gang member, they would have all beaten him up for like showing up to gang right. activity in a flannel. <laughs> so like <laughs> now he's the boss, he's like, oh, I can wear this again. Yay. <laughs> Go ahead, say something. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> It did seem like an absurd sort of an outfit. But. Just, like, literally, like, it literally seems like you dressed up like Elmer Fudd for Halloween, like. I imagine oh, wearing wow. the hat, too. The Elmer Fudd hat with little ear flaps. Yeah. <laughs> now I will be. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I do like that Marcone, though, he calls out and he's like, well, we don't actually know if that was all of them because one of our cameras went out, which means Dresden. And Harry's like, ah, fuck. Oh man. Marcon really seems to know Dresden really well at this point. Like, That's a thing though. Like we know that he doesn't even have his magic like, literally guard. <laughs> Her mm-hmm. name is Guard with him right. yet. So he is still so knowledgeable anyways, right? Yeah. And like he does his homework. He knows like mm-hmm. Harry and technology don't work hand in hand whether or not he knows the exact reason why. He knows that already. And even the werewolf or the um um even uh, the the FBI are like, well, he could be one of these like shapeshifters, and Marcone's like, mm, possible, but I still don't think so. So it's like this guy, like, he knows his character too, his powers power. and his characters, and his character, like who Harry is. Totally, and he did soul gaze Harry. Yeah. Like, who knows what he learned from that, right? Right. He like, learned a hell of a lot more about did, Harry right? than Harry learned about him. Right. So it's hard to know exactly what he learned. Maybe mm, what, what it's hard to know what he learned at the start, but I'm sure there was a lot of, like, nuance in the background that he learned that, again, a smart yeah. guy with unlimited resources like Marcone has. Right. And imagine, I you mean, know, I'm sure. You don't get to being who Marcone is, where he is, without really knowing people and what makes him tick. Totally. And that is really Marcone's superpower, is, mm-hmm. like, he is just this, like, constant powerhouse of... I mean, Dresden likes to go around saying that he's smart because he's a wizard and wizards are smart, right? But Marcone is a genius. Like, he really knows how to break a man down to his essentials and know what he is at the base, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on with Marcone at all times. Gotta respect him. Right. So Ben again requests to kill the Alphas, but Marcone calls her short-sighted. The FBI made it seem like they were asking Marcone to help them out to cover their tracks because they didn't know what they're doing. And Marcone is essentially, as far as we can tell, fallen for this because it looks like, and we've even had this discussion in previous episodes, how, how messy the, the whole thing got. Which is, yeah, like it's super interesting because like the reason this all started was because they wanted to take out Marcone. And now, yeah, they're like, "Mm, he's the only guy that can actually clean up our fuck ups. Right. So not to say that the FBI doesn't still want to take out Marcone, but it's like, we're going to use him first to fix up our fuck-ups. That so is, yeah, they that, clearly haven't learned their lesson. And that does seem to be a running theme in a lot of stories I've read, uh, both in Dresden and other, other places, is that if somebody is really smart, how you fool them is by letting them think they're smarter than you. And so they come to Marcone mm-hmm. and say, we need your help with us. Can you teach us how to do this? And so it gets them off guard. Right. True. Plays to their ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hamilton came to me and said, I've nowhere else to run. <laughs> nowhere else to go. Yeah. So Ben really starts to react to Marcone wanting to transform. She starts reaching for her belt and, and kill. But Denton stops her as uh, Hendrix subtly threatens to shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> 
as subtle as Hendrix gets. Good old yeah. Hendrix, yep. <laughs> Who's about Harry's height and built like a refrigerator. <laughs> I'd be afraid. And yeah, literally. Another scary guy. Werewolf or not. Right. But a redhead. Handsome. <laughs> so how scary can he be? He can be very scary. <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys can all transform into wolves, but this is the only guy actually named Cujo. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yep. So they, um, so they, it's, Marcone basically drops his plan. He's like, no, no, no. Let McFinn kill the werewolves. Like, that'll look better on paper. I feel like it's a werewolf, werewolf fight, whatever, wolf, wolf fight. Um, and the FBI is like, okay, and you can have, like, we'll give the wizard to Marcone. So it's like, okay, so you guys already have the parameters figured out. And to be fair, if the FBI came to Marcone and was like, help us clean this up. And Marcone is like, okay, this is how we're going to clean it up. And then the FBI was like, whoa, 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 no, we want to kill everyone ourselves. Mm, you're not listening. This right. is why you're in this problem. Yep. Although I have a question here. Why does it need to be Marcone who rips these people to shreds and not just the people who can turn into wolves? Well, the reason is like, I mean, again, it's on his property, so he can kind of make it look however he wants. I mean, but McFinn, I think part of it was like, oh, okay. Like, why does it have to be McFinn's wolf that rips him apart and not the people who can turn into wolves? Oh, they they have this discussion later, and it's because of the um, the the White Council would be tipped off. Okay, that's that's why Marcone was involved. Or no, sorry, sorry, McFinn was involved is because they figured out that um, the White Council exists and that they needed something supernatural to distract the the White Council. Okay, away from them. All right, mm-hmm. I'll buy it. A fall guy. Yeah, I think it actually. Is it next? I think it's in the next chapter that it's that they actually go through the the, the bad guy exposition of why, <laughs> where it says it there. So then, um, you know, plan basically agreed to. Um, you know, Marcone is like, well, let's go find Harry. He should be anywhere. At the, he could be anywhere at this point. And they're like, okay, where do you expect us to go look? And Marcone is like, over there should be good. And essentially points his uh, right red light laser right about where Harry's standing. Yeah. He probably pointed right in the direction that burnt out security camera. Exactly, right? Well, let's see. The Harry broken did, camera is facing yeah. that spot. Because we know Harry didn't zigzag at all coming in. He went over the wall, killed the camera, and then Straight. ducked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so again, Marcone is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Let's see. Camera six points over there. Camera six isn't working. Let's start there. Like... And he said earlier, like, Dresden can't get very far. So he knows that Dresden is going to have to be nearby wherever your broken mm-hmm. camera is, right? Yep. Yeah, so that ends chapter 29. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 30. Harry takes Denton hostage and tries to negotiate with him to stop the madness. Harris and Wilson appear, with Murphy as a prisoner. Dresden tries to shoot at Harris, but is disarmed and overpowered by Denton. All right. So, yeah, this is this gets into the actual 
Harry is trying to fight them without magic thing. A man with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And desperation. Indiana Jones. It's always been a pet peeve of mine, which is one of the reasons why this isn't one of my favorite books, is when you have a superhero with all these superpowers and you take away those powers. It's like, I'm not reading the superhero book because he's an ordinary human. I want to see some magic. That's fair. And I, part of it is a way to raise tension. I think that's what Jim Butcher is doing here. But I think another one of it is, this is only his second book, and I think a lot of it is Jim Butcher isn't really confident in his ability to write magic fights yet. Could also be something fair. Yeah, and especially like... Yeah. Because if you look at... If you look at the last several fights Harry's been in up to this point, like in Stormfront, he had the Toad Demon, which he basically held up a shield spell that asked the demon nicely to leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then ran away until he could channel the storm. I think... And then fighting the Scorpion in his office, he's basically running away from it the whole time, too, until he gets the elevator. Morgan, he just hits him with a chair. Right. That's very fair, yeah. There's been a lot of physical fights. And we've said, like, most of his magic thus far has been very showmanship, you know? Like, he had the broom dancing around Fantasia, or he propelled himself right. uh, over a wall or yeah. up a landing. He never actually cast a spell at right? the bad guy. So I think that's totally fair, too. The first time we see him do that is the loop guru in the police station, police station I think. Right. He's got one good hit-him-hard spell, and then that's everything we see for two And books. I think it could be fair to say that, like, it not... Jim Butcher in the beginning, but looking back on it now, we could rewrite it to say that it was Harry too afraid to break one of the laws of magic, right? He just wasn't too sure mm-hmm. how far yep. to push the envelope, because, like, this is really bad and I shouldn't do it and I'm not supposed to do it, whereas, like, later on he's like, hey, either either I throw a spell in your face or I die, right? And he gets a little bit more comfortable with where the line is, right? Or how comfortable he is right. to cross the line. So we could, you know, and very work very quickly on, these are human beings, I can hit them with the wind spell and knock them on their butt and be fine. Or, these are not human beings, I can cut loose and be fine. Yeah, and I mean, early on, he's working with humans the whole time too, right? I mean, these Mm -hmm. first two books, as always humans, and maybe, you know, human with dark twisted necromancer magic, or like dark twisted, like werewolf magic, but they're all humans still, you know? Whether or not the White Council calls them humans. Right. McFinn is a werewolf, and then the Toad Demon, I think, are the only non-humans he's actually fought. Right. Yeah, thus far, yeah. I mean, and if you want to bring in, like, the short stories and things, then we've got, like, the Ogre, or we've got, like, Welcome to the Jungle, where yeah, he was fighting that Hag. So it's like, you know, like, things are kind of just barely crossing the line about, like, where is... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It seems to me that he tends to use his big bigger spells on inanimate things, not actual... Yeah, so far, And yeah. living entities at this point. Yeah, and yeah, Restoration yeah. of Faith, they didn't use magic on the troll either. He stomped on it. Yeah. And that one yeah. was written early on too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like his original. Like, he wrote yeah. it with Stormfront. So again... And even thinking thinking of a Welcome to the Jungle, like, he collapses a wall on top of the Hags rather than throws anything directly at them. Right. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. The, the big fire scene in, in Stormfront is... Because he's destroying all of the, the drugs. Well, yeah, like the yeah. potions, and that's really more exacerbated by whatever his name is. Cells. The Shadow Man. Yeah. yeah. Victor, Victor Cells. Yeah. So, good point there, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. Set my notice. See how that holds up next book. <laughs> Hello, vamps. Yeah. I think he hits a couple of them in the face. <laughs> Just a handful. 
he starts getting some of his fun magical doodads in the next book too. Yeah, it's a lot more. I think like mm, da, 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 a little bit more beat there. He's like, "Hey, yeah. let's speed run now. Yeah, right. fuck it all. Shit keeps sucking. Gets gets his groove. Gets yeah. yeah, gets a bit more into the groove." So Dresden decides to make his way back into the woods, but Denton hears him move. Which is nice, because at the same time, Marcone hears something else. Might have been a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, no. Mister is no. here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to save the day. Right? It's totally different, and you're fine. And safe. Yeah. Denton does have at least a little bit of foresight because he tells them to fan out and proceed with caution because they don't know what Dresden is capable of yet. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good, good character moment there to like actually have him still have at least a bit of... A little bit of mystique. A bit of caution. <laughs> yeah, proceed with caution because mm-hmm. he could be... We don't know what to expect of him. And, and I think... Justin doesn't know what to expect either. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to be surprised by what's about to happen. And I think it helps Denton to be like that because he does kind of like, or Harry does get the drop on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was good that Denton was cautious. Didn't work, but it was good. It was yeah. not even in the way he expected yeah. either. Well, again, and F, and everyone says, like, mom likes to bring up the scene when, like, he, like, smells Susan's perfume and guesses that it's her behind him, and it's everyone's like, who is it? And he just smelled her perfume, right? So it's like, everyone is constantly waiting for the magic trick, so Harry's always like, every time I don't perform magic, they're always, like, so fucked up about it. <laughs> and right now, when he can't perform magic, it's like, yay! Yeah, he's got the gun. No one expects the unexpected. Harry hides in the crook of a tree, and Denton just walks past him. So... Dresden pulls his gun from behind and takes him hostage. Mm-hmm. And does the whole, like, don't reach for your gun, don't reach for your belt, blah, yeah. blah, blah, I'll shoot you, blah, blah, blah. Which is another nice cliche movie, but it works. Yep. And then he, he does doesn't really have an in-game from here, but he does have something he's doing. <laughs> Weirdly enough, he has a plan, but only on the fly. Right. He's got a plan for the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see... I've said this before, he, he he does step one and nev- never figures out what step two is. Until Once he gets step there, yeah. one is done, he figures out, okay, what's step one? Okay, that's done. What's <laughs> yeah. step one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he manages to take um, take him hostage, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And he disarms him from the wolf belt. Mm-hmm. And he tells, the, the, to, tells Denton to call his crew out into the light so he can see them. So they're not... Still looking for him to get the drop on him instead. Right. I like too when uh, Denton is like, maybe you should put the safety back on because if you kill me, you're definitely not getting out of here alive. And Harry's like, kind of makes a good point. I'm <laughs> not getting yeah. out of here alive anyway. Yeah, but it's like this is that whole like trying to make a plan, you know, before you start the plan, Harry. <laughs> right. And so Let right the now, negotiations his, begin. And his plan right now is to carry out six unconscious werewolves with his hand on his gun. Yeah, like, <laughs> this'll be fine. I like, too, when he, like, he does start talking to them. He's like, hey, guys, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> like, stupid. Hi, I have your boss. Now what? So, it's like, uh, when you do that, like, 
um, when you go in with a boss and it's like you're passing back like your salary piece of paper across the table and you just both keep pushing it back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, right? But you're both just like, who's going to start the conversation, right? And it's like, Harry's like, oh, I've never actually done this before. Can somebody else make the first offer so I can deny it and then we'll go from there? Right. <laughs> I don't know what I should ask, be asking for as a starting salary, so can you just tell me where you are and then, <laughs> then I'll see if that's already super high or not? <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, he really doesn't know what he's doing. It's uh, just, you know, and it's early on, Harry. You'll get there. It might have been better just to take out Denton right there and take his chances with the other three. Right. That's not something Harry would ever well, do. Well, to be but... fair, though, I mean, he's already got the belt from Roger, so he's really just dealing with mm-hmm. two, and he's got the belt from Denton now, so he's really just dealing with Ben and Wilson now as Hexenwolves. And then, of course, you know, all their yeah. guns and Marcone's guns and Hendrick's guns. Right. And, but still... You're already down to two hexen wolves. Well, I got the impression that he's trying yeah, hey. to actually negotiate with them legitimately. Like, I know he doesn't he, actually want to really, kill them. He doesn't want to kill them yet. Like he wants right. to. Yeah. He thinks that, the, that there's a possibility that that um, Denton could actually come back from this with his crew. In theory. He's already pointed out how Denton has turned into a feral werewolf now, but. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, as he goes through these negotiations and he's demanding that they drop their belts, drop their guns, put them in the circle, Denton is like, yeah, do it. Yeah, do what he wants. And that makes Harry even more nervous, which makes me nervous, too. I'm like, why are you being so helpful? (laughs) Right. Well, he's got that FBI training, right? So it's clear that even negotiation... He starts automatically going into that this hostage negotiation True. circumstance, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. put the gun down. You don't need to do this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And they go again. Yeah, literally everything about the scene is something that Denton is perfectly trained for, and Dresden has no idea what he's exactly. doing. Exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, this is so not your ball game, man. Yeah, this <laughs> is you his. You can sniff out a newbie that's not going to. <laughs> right. Right. And so he goes, I mean, the conversation they have is essentially the same one that Harry had with Rogers, right? Like, we don't like Marcone. We are sh- tired of what the fuck he was doing. And we want to, you know, we took whatever opportunity we could take. Mm-hmm. And it does get a little, like he, Denton gives a little bit more information here. As we we're just saying, as I was saying before, where he admits to setting the street wolves loose on Harry because he found out that the White Council exists and he believed Harry to be part of it. So they wanted... To, to pin things from the street wolves first, and then that that didn't work. So that's when they had to involve um, McFinn as well, because they didn't expect Harry to actually live through that experience. <laughs> Oops. So they needed. Isn't that the story of every Dresden villain? <laughs> what you, you lived? lived? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. There's this one moment, too, when Harry's, like, trying to, like, guilt trip him. And he's like, uh-huh, and what about all the civilians who died? And what about this? And what about when you couldn't control your guys then? And he's like, you know, he gets quiet. And he's like, yeah, that was unfortunate. It's like, was it? Do you think so? And what are you going to mm-hmm. do about it? And then he's just like, necessary sacrifices. There was work to be done. It's like, oh, Jesus, shut up. Anytime you hear the phrase necessary sacrifices. Right? You're not the good guy then. Dresden tells him that Murphy's going to figure out the whole thing. But again, Dres- uh, Denton says it's a necessary sacrifice. He's on that, that sort of path. And then Harrison Wilson appear with a prisoner, whom, of course, happens to be Murphy. Hi, Murph. Yeah. 
So I, again, I've only ever read the, this book once before. And I remember how it ended with the big whole fight and the whole like piece that happened between right. like McFinn and Marcone, right? But I'd totally forgotten about Murphy. And I was like, so when she appeared here, I was like, right. oh, yeah. I totally thought it was going to be yeah. Susan. Oh, yeah, because she's already on the property, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's right? there. Yeah. So, yeah. So as soon as Murphy showed up again, I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. This is so much worse again. <laughs> yeah. And like, and the whole time, too, that they're like dragging Murphy out. Denton keeps repeating necessary sacrifices, which is just creepy at this point. Mm. Like, he says it, like, three or four mm-hmm. or five times. It's like, okay, damn. Like, shut up now. Who are you trying to convince right? at this point? So, yeah. <sighs> She's bound. And she, you know, doesn't look great. <laughs> she looks pretty battered nope. and bruised. Pretty battered and bruised, yep. They're quite the pair. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> There's, like, cloth and duct tape and lots of blood and just, yeah. Clearly she's had a bad night as well since they, uh... Well, I mean, yeah, this is still the same night from the police station. It's the next night. Okay. Yeah, I think it is the next night. I think he's been up that whole time. Okay. Because he's already... Because he had magic at the police station. Right. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. And then he lost magic when the street wheels picked him up, and that was at the daytime. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. So this is the next night. So still, clearly not enough time for her to be, you know, fixed up. And who knows when they kidnapped her either. Like, did she just walk onto the property ten mm-hmm. minutes ago and they nabbed her? Or has she been here for a couple of hours? Like, did she come knocking at Marcone's door at 8 a.m.? Like, we don't know. Right. Was she at the garage in that firefight somehow? Like, yeah, we don't know when she got involved in all this, but... My, my guess is once, once uh, he took Roger's belt and gave them the warning that's when they're like oh yeah and then went after went got after Murphy. Murphy yep so they make it a nice little like uh deal here because yeah like if you kill us we kill Murphy and if you shoot him then he's gonna shoot Murphy or, and if you stab him then she's gonna stab like it's like very much like you literally can't do anything now because Murphy will die before you ever have a right. chance to stop all of us right so yeah mm-hmm. so it's like oh yeah you're officially fucked <laughs> And yeah, even Denton says, he's like, if you should have shot already. me and you had the chance. Yeah, mm-hmm, should have. Yeah, the, shouldn't have been moralizing. And he does that often, mm-hmm. where he gets kind of st- stuck in this, I can't do this because of this, and I should do this because it's the right thing, and and then action happens, and he's like, oh shit, my opportunity's gone. Because <laughs> he really is doing that debate. Yep. I like, though, the whole... Um, Denton thumbed back the trigger, sighted down the barrel at my left eye, and said, Ah, yes, and I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. Goodbye, wizard. It's very thematic, very... Mm-hmm. We should name the, t- the episode after that, <laughs> Nursery Tale. Nursery Tale? Death by Nursery <laughs> Tale, fuck. Uh, big Bad Wolves. Big Bad Wolves, big bad yeah. Wolves. <laughs> ah, I like that. I'm willing to change that. Yeah, so, it was very just like... I mean, this whole chapter, like, you get a lot, and also at the same time, it is all just building up to what is really about to be a lot. But it very quickly, it goes from, mm-hmm. like, okay, Harry, you've got this team of people. Like, you showed up with Susan and Tara and the Alphas, and then you instantly lose all of them. And then Murphy's there briefly, but she is clearly too <laughs> fucked to help you. So it's like, you're in a... Your current count is negative one ally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, things went from bad to worse so, so quickly in this chapter. And again, like, he's staring, being stared at down the barrel of a gun. 
So this entire thing is just like, <clears throat> it's been a nice two books, Harry. <laughs> right. And again, like, obviously mm -hmm. we know he lives because we've got like another 15 books after this and a million right. short stories and whatnot, right? So we know he lives through it, but at the same time, it's like, how are you going to get out of this one? Things seem bad. Like yeah. one of those like... Yeah, and even back then, I believe the first three books were published at pretty much the same yeah, time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, he'd already finished writing Full Moon by the time Stormfront got picked up. Oh. So, right. yeah, so he had all these books pretty much just sitting waiting for a publisher because waiting for a yeah. publisher, yeah, he so kept writing. So even if you got into the... Oh. Yeah. So even if you got into the series on the ground floor, you're like, oh, there's still another book. Exactly. So there was a big moment of like, I think like, yeah, like like Full Moon came out in like, I don't know, it was less than a year. It was one, less I than think. a year after Stormfront yeah. was published. Stormfront first printing April 2000. Full Moon was January. Full Moon. February? January 2001. <laughs> and then the next one, Grave Peril, is. September 2001. Right, so yeah. Oh, right. All so three yeah, books within 18 months. Is that the right math, Matt? <laughs> April <Doc>? Yes. <laughs> good job. You get the gold oh, star Oh, thank you. <laughs> <sighs> yes, so... Unfortunately for Harry, there's a bit of an issue. <laughs> and it's called death, and it's coming quick. <laughs> this concludes our episode 5.14, Big Bad Wolves. A huge thank you to Matt for being a guest on the show. Yay! Yay. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great fun. having you again. Thank you. You can find him on social media as at Stellar Hughes or on his game design socials at Space Mole Games, both of which are tagged on our pages. Again, thank you so much. And a big thank you to our listeners. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure at it by your own risk. <laughs> <laughs>